Welcome everyone to the seventh episode of the Mets Ball Accelerator podcast brought to you by Cast Clinical Consulting and Everable. I'm your host, Luis Trevino, and I'm joined today with your, our co-host, Cassie Craig. And today is just us. Uh, you know, we are what? We are November 14. We're getting close to Thanksgiving here, but we're excited to, brought to, you, to bring to you this uh, seventh episode Super excited because if you heard our last episode um, last week, right, uh, we're officially on iTunes and we're on Spotify and every other podcasting platform that you guys can think of. So uh, we are official, guys. <laughs> it's exciting news. So if you ever want to listen to us on the road or if you're traveling, you want to listen to us on an airplane, go ahead, go to iTunes, download the each episode and you can check us out there. And go ahead and subscribe, guys. When you subscribe, it really helps us kind of help help us help other people like yourself uh, find us easier on you know on all these platforms. And then also, if you would be kind enough, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. You know, ask us questions. Let you know. Let other people know about the podcast. That way, uh, we can get the word out. We get more people to to listen in. So thank you for that in advance. Um, so today, we wanted just to kind of talk about we're, we're nearing the end of the year and you know obviously Cassie and I are always kind of like at the fore, forefront kind of spearheading a lot of things uh, in, in regards to advertising marketing the latest you know kind of strategies and insights that we have whenever we're uh, we're really just trying to take our practice or you know Cassie's practice and then my clients right to that next level um, and so we're always trying we're always testing things we're always trying to figure out things and recently I made a video talking about, you know, what we learned in after spending about, I think, you know, probably a little bit over $250,000 in, in advertising for cool scoping and just medical spas in general. So in today's episode, Cassie and I wanted to jump into some of those foundings and I've kind of put together like a framework of what we call now our seven figure med spa uh, formula and basically a proven a dead simple three-step system that can be used to build a seven-figure practice in record time and I know Cassie can attest to this because she built a triple diamond level practice in like I don't know record time what was it like less than 12 months did, or something yeah like we that? did it in 11 months with diamond with everything 11 months yeah that is awesome and so we're gonna go over three things today uh, one of them is um, and so I talked about those three things, right? So step one is you want to have your market authority system. Number two, you want to have a social selling system. And number three is that you want to have a, uh, what I call a clicks into clients conversion system. So I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of step one, step two, and Cassie and I will kind of riff on these a little bit. And then Cassie's going to jump into uh, step number three, which is really honing in that conversion system. So, cause that step one is really all about having a proven process to establish trust and credibility in your local market. Um, and so when I talked, so kind of where this idea or this formula originated from is that after spending, you know, all these thousands of dollars in marketing and advertising, we really kind of came to this realization that if we're just generating leads, right, if we're advertising to a cold market, and we put out, let's say, a coupon or a gift card or something else along those lines, and you're not leading with some type of education, you know, you're not establishing trust or credibility, then what's going to happen is that we're going to generate a lot of leads that are going to have a low conversion rate in the back end. They might be cheap leads, right? They might be $5 leads, 
But at the end of the day, it's going to cost you, it's going to, you know, it's going to be a lot more work on the back end, having to convert, you know, follow up with these leads, getting them to schedule, getting them to buy once they come in. Right. And so, um, Cassie, I mean, I, I don't know if you kind of had some experience about this, like, cause I know, um, you know, may, may, I know recently we've kind of focused in on kind of honing in your market, bringing it down a little bit more. And that's kind of caused for the cost to go a little bit higher, but mm-hmm. we're also leading with a lot more education. We're leveraging a lot of video. Even after we convert a lead, we're actually retargeting them with a lot more video on the back end as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if you've had any experience about that. And then I know you've also spent a lot of time doing video and just kind of, you know, getting your name out there. Yeah, you know, with each with each campaign that I've ever done, there are a lot of variables, right? So, you like I like what you said about it's not just about getting cheap leads. You'll see, in fact, I saw an ad somebody targeted me the other day with um, a marketing ad agency kind of thing, and it was you know leads, cool sculpting leads for seven dollars, and um, it's just so much deeper than that. And I have had times that my leads were really cheap but my conversions were really low and then vice versa. Right now I'm kind of, you know, really riding in a sweet spot, especially for this time of year, uh, which I've, you know, it's expected that the cost for a client acquisition is going to go up right around the holidays, right around the month of November is really a tough one because um, I don't know if everybody's, if anybody's like myself, uh, women and cool sculpting being kind of a fit, right? Um, Yeah. Uh, we are, I actually am seeing a higher rate of male conversions right now. So I think that's interesting and something I want to kind of dissect a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's difficult also as a provider or as a, as a business owner to really understand what changes need to be made when you see shifts in the client acquisition costs, the the lead rate go down. I track these numbers, you know, weekly because Mm -hmm. especially lately I'm seeing big like pendulum swings week by week. Um, anyway, there's a lot to it. And I think we'll get into that in step three, the, you know, how to convert and watch the, the reasons why you're converting at a high rate or vice versa on that. Yeah. And we'll, and we're really big on this because here's the thing, like you're advertising to a cold market. And a lot of the times when we actually, and when I'm onboarding new clients or when I'm speaking to potential new clients, like I ask them, well, what's your conversion rate? Like my conversion rate's great. You know, we, we close at 70, 80% once we get them in here. And it's like, well, you're not going to get those conversions, man. Like, I, you know, I'm just no, sorry. To tell you, no, you know, we like, were just talking. I, I was saying, um, you know, my happy place, like where I know that my team is doing what they need to do on just a yes or no conversion. Uh, we're not yeah. talking about values of conversions, but if we are around 30%, then this is a really good place. Um, it's yeah. acceptable at 20%, but we got to start working really hard. Um, and I've seen it as high as 45%, but that's yeah. typically outside of my control. That's the market. That's the, um, direct consumer marketing campaigns that Allergan is putting out. That's got some other variables that are outside of my power. Yeah. And I also uh, want to say maybe just the time of year too, you know, like right, there's, right. there's during times of the year yes. where people are most likely to buy yeah. it regardless. Yeah. And so, and this is why we're so big on this because you guys really have to focus in on building that trust and credibility in the marketplace. Like the reality is that people don't know you, you know? And so uh, again, like our business philosophy goes down to this, like we do business with people we know we like and we trust. Trust, right and we don't do business with other businesses we do business with other people and so we're big on you know there being a face to the practice because 
it, that is the easiest way to build trust and credibility, right? And so when we're able to kind of put you out there, and this is why we're also very huge on video, and we, and if you've heard our podcast and our previous episodes, we talk about video a lot because we want to get you out there. We want to start promote, you know, building audiences and having people see you. And video is so great because it's going to appeal to your ideal patients and it's going to repel the ones that you don't want to work with, right? And so you want to have, you know, and the goal of this is that you want to build brand awareness. You want to build some type of brand loyalty, right? Once they start seeing these videos and all this stuff like that, and then they, you know, they start to like you, they start to kind of see you as an expert in the marketplace, then that's when we have to retarget them with some type of offer, right? And so the goal of this is really just to create that warm audience of your ideal patients. And you want to build this audience essentially of people that are going to have a lot more intent. And so I know in, in Cassie's kind of like training program, she talks a lot about like the consumer journey. And it's, and it's really something that like is ultra important. We like, we both talk about it a lot, but you have your cold audience and you're, and you're hot, right. And you have to kind of implement systems to drive people from being from like that cold audience to all the way to hot. Right. So it's like, what are you leveraging? So the question is like, what are you doing right now to convert that cold audience into a warm audience? Right. I like for people to think about, think about um, a store, a brand that you like that you do business with. Um, think about the, if you can remember the very first purchase that you ever made with that business and the experience around that purchase, what happened, what, you know, maybe it was in store. I think a lot of, a lot of what I'm researching and studying right now is about online sales. Um, but there's always this, this purchase that kind of introduces you to the brand. And then after that, the job of that company is to escalate you to higher purchases or to long-term purchasing, uh, membership, that kind of thing. I, yeah. I, it just clicked the other day that, you know, in the med spa, we think that all of our sales are high ticket sales. And so a lot of my studying and research goes around high ticket sales. What happens on phones with high ticket sales? What happens, you know, with the consumer, how long are they studying? How long are they researching the product that they're buying? Um, that when we are setting appointments, I was telling my staff yesterday, this is our introductory purchase. This is that little, that's, it's that, um, you know, bra from Victoria's Secret that you bought on sale, the very first purchase ever. Their decision to come in and sit down in a consultation is a purchase decision. Um, for yeah. my own, for my own staff, we charge $30. So it's kind of clear that this is the very first time that they're choosing to say yes to a purchase in our business. And that that really needs to be treated as if they bought a skincare product or they bought even cool sculpting. And these people need to be nurtured along the journey. But as you as you go through your customer journey with a um, with a vendor, maybe it's Amazon, that's probably a, a good one that everybody can kind of relate to. Think about the first time that you bought with Amazon or the first time you bought with a company. And then what happened after that, that that company nurtured you to continue buying, to continue loving them. Um, and you know, how, how, in fact, do you refer that company now? Because that's really our goal is to get every client from that first $30 purchase to a $10,000 purchase to telling their friends to come and do their $10,000 purchases. Yeah, hundred percent. And so in marketing it, they, it's usually referred to as like the value ladder, right? You want to have um, like that introductory offer. And, 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 and so a lot of the times what we're doing is like that, that introductory type of thing or that first interaction is going to be 
some type of educational piece, right? So as I was saying, like some type of content and, and taking this back to just kind of like the kind of digital marketing realm, right? Where it's like, you want to have some type of uh, marketing piece that is going to introduce them to your company that is going to build some type of uh, likability, some trust, some credibility, all that stuff, right? And then the second thing to that is like kind of building off that ladder is we usually will do some type of direct call to action. In this case, it might be, it's usually some type of gift card or something like that, where it's like, yes, it's free, but it's still an exchange of value because they're getting that gift card in exchange for their contact information, which is still valuable. It might not be a monetary, you know, monetary, it might not be money, but it's still something of value because they're giving you their contact information, their name, their email, and their phone number. Which yeah, there's a lot of thought that goes behind that. I mean, think about the last time you gave your name, email, phone number. There's a yeah. level of, of uh, willingness to purchase just to do that because we know yeah. what comes after that. It comes our emails and our contacts. And so a, a client is deciding, yes, I want to be contacted by this company every time they do that. So it's a purchase. Yeah. So what can you do to kind of build, uh, to, to take people from cold to a warm audience in kind of like the digital marketing space. So a few ideas, right? Obviously social media is huge. Keep doing social media posts. If you're not doing them then you need to be doing them. Uh, so I always recommend put stuff about you because that's, what's going to get the most shares and likes and comments. Like if you just put like pictures of other things, like that are not really, they're not authentic or they're not really about your practice. It, a lot of times it just gets left by the wayside. Think about what you like and post. Like at the end of the day, social media, I mean, or especially Facebook is a, is a big platform where you're with friends and family and you want to see pictures of other people, of your friends, of things that are funny or that are educational, et cetera. So think about that and put more things about you, about your practice, about real people Versus yeah. just like graphics and things like that that don't Yes, really I, I see this mistake all the time. In, in yeah. fact, people pay people to make this mistake for them. Really? Um, <laughs> they, they post like flyers. Like yeah. if you go on to, go on to a competitor's um, Facebook page today and look, it's flyer after flyer after flyer. It's not the same kind of posting that you would put yourself up for your family and friends. And that's really where the, that's, that needs to be the mentality. It does not have to be even, it doesn't even have to be a huge value piece. Um, people do like value. They do like education. Um, they do like for you to share your knowledge with them, but they don't want to see um, a buy one syringe, get one half off kind of thing. That means nothing to them. And it's an obvious, um, you know, it's, it's an obvious solicitation, whereas yeah. they're on Facebook to be entertained. So, you know, yeah. education entertains people, um, reality, like, you know, just filming something. It doesn't even have to be a service, just like, film yourself and in the, in the break room, you know, that's yeah. where people really want to sit is watch you guys with your colleagues and um, your peers. Yeah, seriously, because think about like, think about like, you know, MTV shows and reality shows and like all that stuff. And you even think about like YouTube right now. Like if you don't know, YouTube has become huge, uh, a huge platform where all people do is watch other people live their lives. Mm -hmm. That is it. You know, is there like, and think about Seinfeld, like Seinfeld was like one of the biggest, you know, shows of all history, right? It was so popular. What was the show about? Nothing. Nothing. It was a show, it was a show 
about nothing. Like literally people just living their lives and having like mini stories with, within them. And that's and if, if Seinfeld were selling um, syringes of filler or cool sculpting, wouldn't you buy from them? Like it's, it's, you want to be, you want people to know that you're fun to be around, not know what you're selling. Cause they already know that um, you yeah. want them to be, you want, and back to, um, uh, like long-term marketing campaigns, a lot of people were introduced to our services, our specials, our people back six months, a year, two years ago, depending on how long you've had them following you on social media. It takes time to get them to a place where they're ready to purchase, but you want yeah, them to know that I, when I get there, when I decide that I'm going to do these things, I'm definitely going to see her. So if yeah. Jerry Seinfeld were doing cool sculpting, he'd be very, very successful because he's <laughs> fun to be around. Yeah. And, you know, his following is huge. Yeah, exactly. And so, okay. So what are some of the other things where we talked about social media, educational Facebook lives, educational blog posts, some type of white paper or ebook, some type of checklist some free videos, a guide, uh, free kits, like a book that you wrote. I mean, honestly, or a PDF that you wrote, like, honestly, guys, it could be anything, you know, but it's just something that is going to get people exposed to your brand. Our favorite is video and doing some type of Facebook live, like educational, either Facebook lives or just educational video. And that's usually what we kind of tend to do. So that first one is you need to have a proven process to establish trust and credibility in the local market. And so that's step number one. Step number two is you need to have a social selling system you need to have a proven process to consistently uh, drive those warm leads, right? To, to, I mean, those warm, that warm audience, turn them into leads so that you can fill your sales pipeline. Like, and this is where a lot of like social media companies kind of fail because they're all about brand awareness and that's great. You know, you want your brand to get out there, but you also want to have a direct response piece to it where it's like, what is direct response? Well, you want to generate leads, right? You want people to have a direct response to your ad or to your content, you know, in that, that conversation case, that you're always yeah. talking about. It's yeah, that building that conversation, generating that lead. So getting their name, their email and their phone number. And, you know, so I what wanna, can we, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I wanted to break in and back up just a little bit because it just dawned on me that a lot of people don't understand what we're talking about when we say cold, warm and hot audiences. And so just to put what you're saying in some perspective, like the warm person is somebody who's already maybe purchased something at a low end. Maybe they filled out that leave form. They are yeah. a, a bit accustomed to you. The cold person is somebody that you're advertising to. They're not following you on Facebook. You're um, paying to get in front of them. And then yeah. hot obviously is that referring person. Um, so yeah. sorry interrupted. No, no, yeah, that was great. And so, and so, and you want, so that's the thing guys, because it's like, well, a lot of people stop at the brand awareness, but they don't actually take this extra step because at the end of the day, it's like, well, brand awareness is great, but if nobody's showing up at your doorstep and you're not, you know, generating sales, then, you know, you're not making money and you're going to be, go out of business. Right. And so you want to have a proven process to fill your pipeline. And this is essentially what we're doing every single day, right? We're generating leads. We're getting people to fill our pipeline and we're having these patient opportunities where we can follow up on and I'm going to jump in again. Yeah. <laughs> you're talking marketing speak. And I know a lot of people don't understand what a pipeline is. And that's just really if you, uh, good. If you visualize a funnel. It's like yeah. you're throwing people into that and then they strain down into the, the area that you want them, the, the service uh, recommendations and all of that. So a pipeline is just that CRM that we talked about in previous episodes, getting people into that so that you can market to them, um, you know, and hopefully specifically to them. 
yeah. in more of a, less of a generalized way. And, and this is where we kind of hit like this kind of, I want to, oh man, what, what, what should we call it? It's like, like kind of like this really, well, it's a really great place to be at because before, you know, a lot of people don't really know where the next patient is coming from, right? You know, they're, they're kind of hope, and a lot of businesses that we speak to is like their referral base, you know, it's like, well, you know, well, yeah, I mean, I drive all my business from referrals, but I tell people like, look, you don't really have a real business until you're actually paying to generate a new patient. And this is something that you and I talk about all the time because it's like, well, okay, so how much is it costing me to get a new patient through the door, right? And that's a really great place to be in because now, now that you know that like, let's say, okay, every time I spend $500, I generate a $5,000 sell. I bring in a new patient, I generate a $5,000 sell. Or like, let's say even less, a $3,000 sell or something like that. Well, now you have a three or five times ROI and now, you know, all I need to do to grow my business with predictability and consistency is spend $500. Turn that up. Yep. Yeah. Turn it yeah, up. Once you get the math behind it and, and especially like in this point. So in this point in my um, journey, I have yeah. a couple of years of data so I can actually start watching trends. And that's the stuff that I was talking about that's outside of your control, that's outside in the marketplace that you can watch. Okay. I know that my sales are have in the past dipped by 10% this week of, you know, between Christmas and New Year's or whatever, I can start preparing for that, whether it be market harder, so I can, um, so I can avoid that, or whether it be, you know, that's the week I take my vacation, whatever. Um, yeah. Gathering data long term gives you so much information. And when you see something that's clicking along, that's giving you better than a $3 return on a $1 spend, then you know you can turn that up and, and count on. The predictability and reliability of systems-based and systems-driven business is the only way to do long-term business. And um, these, like, I know a lot of people who depend on referrals, but the place that you're putting, and that's great because referrals are easier, they're nicer, they spend more, they, yeah. you don't have to market, you don't have to know anything about business, but God forbid something happened and you have to, um, get like a locum tenens doctor to come in and do your stuff or you have to, you know, anyway, you'll close shop if it's all, if it's all based on one person and an owner reliance yeah. system. And, and well, and I think from, from my experience and kind of what I've heard people tell me, it's like they rely on the referrals, like, especially for, for cool scoping. Um, and this is, you know, obviously every other machine is different, but like when like obviously somebody's a Mets ball, and then they bring in the cool scoping machine and then they leverage heavily their client base to generate sales, which lasts for about three to six months. And then, and then they reach out to us because they're like, you know, I've, I've already exhausted my patient list. And, and then, so the referrals are going to end sometime guys. Like if you don't, even if you don't have a, a, uh, I'm not saying referral shouldn't be part of your business because it definitely should. Right. Um, and, but I mean, at the end of the day, like we need to have, like, it's going to run out, especially if you don't have a predictable system to generating those referrals. Yeah. At, at that point, you need to have some type of system that is going to predictably, like I was saying before, generate leads, fill your pipeline, get new people, get butts and seats, get treatments and done. And referrals is the goal. Like making more yeah. people become referrers is the goal because it takes, you know, the yeah. marketing expenses way down, but you don't want to just be um, basing, you know, your referral business on this small group of people. You want to always be adding a couple because always, and this is something I know is true from um, health club ownership for long-term. It's like, yeah. I can have a group of people that are paying their membership fees or that are paying my, your injectables fees and they're doing it regularly enough that it cover all the bills. 
but time happens and we're going to lose one or two of them a month. So we have to be constantly replacing them so that we can keep that, that base, um, income that we're expecting right there. Yeah, no, yeah, that's good. And then, well, and the other thing that I want to talk about, like kind of as is like really important that a lot of times people don't really think of is lifetime customer value. <laughs> like, you know, you might in the front end get a three to five times ROI, but then what is the lifetime customer value of that new patient you brought in? And so I, I have one client who it's in it's and, and granted a lot of people don't know this and I get it. It's sometimes it's hard, especially if you don't have, like if you're not tracking effectively, um, but like, for example, say every time we generate a new patient, uh, in the span of, of 12, 12 months after that, 50% of them will come back and spend around $2,000 in our practice. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's great, you know, because now, you know, it's like, okay, well, I might be spending X dollars amount on advertising yeah. and it might be costing me to generate, you know, uh, this, you know, this amount of money, you know, it might be costing me, let's say $500 to generate a new client, which is bringing in maybe three grand or five grand, et cetera. But I know in the next 12 months, they're going to come in and spend an additional $2,000 or let's just say $1,000 because 50%, right? So $1,000, hey. Now you're in the, yeah, now you're yeah. in the profit. Um, I've seen this, especially in markets that are very competitive with cool sculpting, your, um, your lead costs are, are higher, right? Like Atlanta, the Atlanta market is not the cheapest market, but I've seen in markets like Chicago and New York, um, the lead costs be tremendous. And so sometimes... It's, it has to, you have to think about long-term because if I get a client and I spent $2,000 to get that client and they spent $2,500, it feels like, okay, we're working for nothing, but that's not true because we're con consistently trying to escalate that client to a, um, a regular purchaser or, exactly. and to, to find out how much your client lifetime value is, is, is fairly simple. You can take your overall revenue and you can do it by 12 months or you can do it for the history of your business and then divide that by how many clients you have and that's going to give you the average value of each of those clients um, and then you can look at okay how many times are people visiting your your pos systems and your crm systems should have the availability to gather that data fairly easily and it's a good you have to know that number because yeah. it, especially on stuff like cool sculpting where it's it's expensive to get somebody new on the table so if i'm breaking even is it worthwhile are these people coming back are they spending money on other things if so then yes if not, then we need to go back to the drawing board. So definitely gather that number, guys. And, and, and here's like another like insight, right? So that I, I think is really important that a lot of people miss. It's because like, okay, well, once somebody becomes a patient, right? Then, you know, sometimes, yeah, like you might be breaking even. Other times you're, you're at a profit. But the goal of advertising is to generate a new patient. Even if you just broke even, which is obviously we don't want to be there. But even let's just say worst case scenario, you broke even. Well, now you paid $0 to acquire data. And for any business, data is one of the most valuable assets that you can have, right? Great point. Uh, yeah. And so, and so like for me, for example, I spent like, let's say, and so I, I ran an advertising campaign last month. Um, and let's say I spent about 20, I spent about $2,500 in just advertising and I generated a ton of leads, but you know, that was, I was, I was kind of testing out some new things in the market, some new advertising, some new campaign that I had never run before. And I was, a, I got like maybe 150 leads. I just converted one guys. There's a lot of issues in my pipeline. I know that I could have done better at, at, you know, my sales process and all this stuff. I also, my targeting was a little off. Um, but Hey, I 
got one client and they, and guess what? I broke even, right? Yeah. Uh, which is for me still a win because right. in the month two, I'll be profitable, right? Month two, I'll be profitable. And then, but now I acquired all this data. Mm-hmm. I learned, I, I like, I learned what I need to fix in my sales pipeline. I know what I need to fix in my marketing pipeline. And you know what? It cost me zero dollars. I think this takes us to, you know, the step three, what we were talking about before we started recording is the training. Um, Training is very expensive to get like really good training, but you know what trains people the best is throwing them into, you know, people who work hard, especially us who are business owners, throw throw you into a system that's not quite working Um, because you find what's wrong and then you fix what's wrong and you learn that so much better. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I've been through months where it's a break even or even a loss on some marketing campaigns. I did a, um, a campaign to men about a year ago and I ran that for, for 90 days. And honestly, we, we probably lost a thousand dollars over the whole thing. But the data that I gathered on men, the data that I gathered on my staff, um, you know, the, the consultation strategies, all of that stuff that I, I could not have known. That's invaluable. I take that with me forever. Um, yeah. And, well, and, and, this, and that's what I was saying before, like the goal of advertising is to acquire customers. So even if you just like, or acquire a lead, like even if you acquire a lead or a customer, it's like, well, now you have this lead or customer that you can continue to market to without having to pay additional money, right? They're in your CRM. You can continue to, you know, uh, call them, email them, text message them, right? Or can t- just have them in your pipeline, have them in your vicinity where you can still continue to market to them at the end of the day, right? And, and so each of these people has so much information on their demographic because yeah. each person is their own demographic in some in some respects. So um, exactly. every conversation, you know, these are very valuable things that honestly, like even myself, I'm only tapping into, you know, everything's data driven and everything is um, electronic in the last five years of me being in business. We're in the infancy of the ways in which we can, um, uh, target and market to people. So each of these people is just a, a little bundle of value. If um, the longer the relationship goes, each time they reach out, they tell you about it. They, they're giving you information, every interaction or even non-interactions. You know, um, my CRM will tell me how much of uh, my client base opened an email, how much of the video they watched inside the email, what was the stopping point when they turned it off. Um, yeah. All kinds of stuff is there. So putting people in is just an invaluable, you know, at this point I have uh, about 12,000 contacts that I know have been interested in something along the way. Um, so I'm just beginning to define, you know, what, what is available to me when using this data. Yeah. So, so let's get, let's get into uh, uh, point number three here. So point number two guys is you need to have a social selling system, a proven process process to consistently generate warm leads and then fill your sales pipeline, right? Now, once they're in your sales pipeline, then it comes the fun part because you need to actually turn these people into actual paying, like these leads, right? Into actual paying patients. And so you need to have a conversion system, a proven process to nurture and then schedule consults and then convert those consults into actual paying patients. We're big, and for a big important piece to this is a CRM, so you need to like look into having one. But I know Cassie, obviously, she, she teaches all these things, and she has a really great system for converting these people. So Cassie, um, I'd love to hear yeah. your... 
Well, it starts with the CRM and I don't know how many business owners I talk to that have no tracking system or they're using an Excel spreadsheet for their new leads. And the Excel spreadsheet doesn't give you anything except for did the person answer the phone or not. So, you know, like I said, I'm just now digging into the opportunities that are available to me that, you know, and quite honestly, guys, there's not a lot of research in our market done on sales. So it's like, you know, I'm constantly finding new and better ways to reach this target market or the the demographic that I'm going at. Right now, um, I am developing a list where I can actually segment my audience into the professions that they have, the not just age demographics or gender demographics, but, you know, what are people's interests? Because that's what Facebook is doing is, you know, we're able to target audiences based on their interests. So I have 12,000 people that I could really, you know, start finding out what they're interested in. So the CRM is the beginning and just getting everybody in there because this, it's not going to go anywhere. That data that you've paid for, you've paid for a lead. Um, they can continue being valuable to you long-term if you put them into the CRM. Um, and then, you know, you just con- you have to constantly be training. I have a really productive sales team. I have a very uh, you know a proven system to get high ticket sales in my business, and people are pretty good at it. And uh, my close rates are where they need to be. We see you know just normal fluctuations. Like everything is very reliable. But I don't stop training them. I spend at yeah. least two hours on site training my people every week, and I think that's where the biggest. Um, the biggest opportunity that is missed by 99% of the business owners that I talk to is ongoing training and the value of that. Um, in fact, you know, we, we're going to have uh, my buddy Leon on in uh, next week, I think, or the week after if we don't do for Thanksgiving week. But anyway, Leon now has to be on here because we already mentioned his name. Yeah, I know. And I just did that to it. To so <laughs> I just did that. Yes, I did. Um, but Leon is one of the few business owners who really understands that and spends a lot yeah. of time training his staff. And I had the, the opportunity of visiting his spa. And it was the best, um, most cohesive group of people. And he has a fairly large staff, like 10 people on at all times. Um, It was one of the most cohesive groups I've ever seen. And it's because they spend that time training. So, you know, understanding the process on the phone and how to get that little close, that $30 consultation fee, or just the yes to the consultation, that little purchase decision. Um, the words that need to happen, the flow, the, you know, what's going on psychologically for the consumer, all of that stuff just needs to be revisited and revisited. And um, something that a lot of people are not doing that I see a huge opportunity loss is recording um, conversations. Um, yeah. Not only for record your conversations with your people, your staff, because, you know, of liabilities, all of that, like we want to cover our, our bases and make sure everything is documented. So recording conversations on the phone or um, text and email conversations is important for that reason. But it's such great training material because I do so many um, seminars. I do so many little workshops and people sit and they listen to me say how to do this correctly. Here's how you do it. Um, Nothing is more eye-opening than someone hearing their own like watching their own consultation or hearing their own conversation and saying, I shouldn't have done that because they feel it. People feel it in themselves. So phone recording, I think is a huge part of making your processes 
and more fun. You know, like my staff reviews their phone calls together. They get to laugh together. Like everybody's been in that terrible conversation that just, or everybody stuck their foot in their mouth. Everybody yeah. has messed up big time. And then celebrating wins together. Um, you know, everybody, That's the pride, the sense of yeah. pride goes up so much when they all hear it. Like, oh, you did amazing there. Um, so training, training, training. That's the, the biggest lost opportunity I see. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I would sum it up into three things. Like one is you need to have that and CRM. What does CRM stand for? Client relationship management tool, right? So CRM tool. Uh, so you need to have that tool that's going to give you all this data. And here's the thing, guys, like what's also great about that tool and why we kind of have it as part of like when we onboard a new client, we always have them get some, some type of CRM tool. That is what's going to help us identify, okay, it's costing me $500 to generate a new client. Yes. If hey, you don't just have out of curiosity, how many, because you talk to, um, I think you probably get a variety of business owners that's probably representative of the whole out there. How many business owners do you talk to that are not using a CRM tool? A lot of them are using like the scheduling tool, like, you know, Aesthetics Pro, MD Wear, like all that stuff. Okay. But I want to say maybe only like, I want to say less than 5% are using some type of CRM tool, like Infusion. That's, that's, that's what I feel, but I didn't know because people reach out to me when they need that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I, I do feel like, you know, five years ago, it, it was the people who did it five years ago, those are the big names now because they were, again, this is in its infancy. There's so much yeah. data. I don't know if um, it's interesting, and this is just a funny side story, but um, there have been two people that I've recently met and I told them what I do, um, one being a personal trainer. I hired a personal trainer for accountability purposes. The next day I came in for my first training session and she had just happened to see my advertisements for the first time on Facebook that, is that awesome. night. And it happened again <laughs> at the bank. This lady was like, I swear, like my phone had like, it's almost like the phones maybe hear what we're talking about or certain keywords. So, There's stuff going on guys. That's like, guys. I was like, my marketing guy's doing his job. Um, <laughs> this is the goal. Job. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off there. I'm like this. Yeah. Cause I get, I get really pumped up and excited about it. Like, this is the goal guys that when you go grocery shopping, when you go to the bank, when you go to the gym, people stop you like, Oh my God, I seen your videos. You're so cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or whatever. Like I, you know, I really like everything you talk about, you know, and then it's just but building. These people without a Google search, they never searched for my stuff. They yeah. never like, it's, so, it's almost like Facebook and Google are getting so smart that if you think it, then you're going to see it. That's um, so true. Yeah, that's, that's I have no cool. idea, but, but people are seeing my ads once they, and maybe it's because our phones come near each other. Um, yeah. You know, stuff like that. But anyway, people who are beginning to understand CRM right now, in five years time, you will be so ahead of the game because if only 5% of med spa owners are actually using one now, then you're in the top, you're in the first 5%. So learn that yeah. because it will definitely like, that's how we stay ahead is one step ahead of the market, right? This CRM um, understanding is, is, Everybody in all, in all the other markets understand it. And the only reason, you know, I was able to apply it really quickly was because I understood it from health club markets. This is how we, you know, kept up with numbers and how we kept up with leads. So yeah, yeah. Um, you have to do that in that because that competitive, that market is already so competitive. And that's yeah. what we were talking about before, like med spas are still kind of in its early ages, you know, like, I mean, it's yeah. still kind of getting into more, there's more competition now, you know, but, but I mean, 
compared 90% to percent of people are 90% of med spa owners are successful because of referrals. So don't yeah. be that guy because five to 10% of us are learning how to use data driven, um, proven processes and how yeah. to leverage the CRM and the electronic things that gosh, advertising is so much better and easier than it was 10 years ago when I was running direct mail yeah. and doing cold calling on the phone. Like maybe this person's interested in something I have. Um, so being like understanding this stuff guys in five, 10 years is really going to separate you from the herd. And, and on the other end yeah. too, if you're reliant on your customers referrals, you're going to separate, but in the direction you don't want to go. Yeah. Huge. Um, okay. So that, so going back to this, it was number one is that CRM tool. Number two is you need to have a patient nurturing type of system or sequence. So your CRM tool will actually allow you to do this. And what we mean by that is that once you generate a lead, like what happens, right? Do they, how are you nurturing them? How are you? How do you continue to educate them? We said that once you generate a lead, you don't have to pay anymore to continue advertising to them. You can still retarget them, and you should still do that. But at the end of the day, you should you know educate them using a series of emails. Uh, you can do webinars. You can do additional videos that you send via email, even through text message, and then also obviously uh, you know giving them a call. And that's number three, actually having phone and consult protocols like that are proven that are systemized. Like I tell people, look, when somebody comes in your, you know, when some, when you get on the phone with someone, they ask you, how much does it cost? What do you say to like, what is your provider or the person, your front desk say to them? And if they're saying something different every single time, then that is like, you know, there's, right. there's a discrepancy there. You and know? there has to be an auditing system there. So like once you have that proven process and the protocols for your phone calls and your consultations, you've got to make sure like, I'll, I'll go in sometimes and watch, uh, a cl I mean, a staff member like do a consultation and I will be like, okay, why are they winging it? You know, cause it's just what yeah. you fall back on. It's like they learn it. And then they go back to winging it and not doing the, the system. So you've got to constantly be training and auditing and assessing and training and iterating and reiterating and, and finding, you know, that sweet spot, but making sure that your people are not getting lazy because they will. Yeah. And it just happened. I mean, you know, it's life, you know, they might have something going on in their life right now. And then that's why training so great because you bring them back to that point where they can still be productive. They still feel, they still feel great about their job, you know, and they feel closer to all the other team members and they feel like they're progressing or they're growing as an individual, which is just really, really important. Um, so training's huge. So going back, guys, to reiterate the, the three things, we're, we're pretty much at a close here. Step number one is you have a need to have a market authority system, a proven process to establish trust and credibility in your marketplace. Step, step number two, a social selling system, a proven process to consistently ge generate warm leads and then fill your sales pipeline. And then step three, a clicks into clients conversion system, a process to nurture those leads, schedule consults, and then turn those consults into actual paying patients that later will refer you because of how the awesome treatment and the, and the way that you help them transform their lives and they're, they're going to tell all their friends, leave great reviews, all that stuff. So um, that's where you want to be guys is, yeah. is understanding that when I spend X, I make X. And yeah. then it's just, it's a machine that you just, you know, it's like a vending machine. Like you put a quarter in, you know what you're going to get out. Um, yeah. It's uh, the, the analogy a lot of people use is like you, you're printing money, which is, you know, kind of like the promised land, right? Everybody right. wants to get to that point. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, guys, I mean, these systems are simple, right? Mm -hmm. And I say they're simple because they're not complex. Like we do them all the time, like Cassie and I. 
but, but the reality is just because they're simple, it doesn't mean they're easy. You know, it does right. take work, you know, it does take putting in the money and there will be times where it's just feels like your gut just kind of hurts because you're like, ah, oh, I need to figure this out. And you're having problems. Every business goes through that. That's just part of growing as a business, as an individual. And that's just business in general. You know, like, um, you, and then you're going to keep kind of evolving, growing through these things. But if you want to kind of have a business that is going to, you know, obviously if you want to grow it, you want to take it to the next level and you, or you want to dominate your competition or you want to dominate your market, et cetera. Or just is- protect. I want to break in. If, even if your, your goal is to just protect your own business and like a lot of physicians that I talk to, they don't want to be where I want to be. They don't want to grow a huge business and, and dominate or anything. They just want to pay their bills and you still have to be systems reliant to do that long term. So, so yeah. hear that. I hope everyone hears that. And, and, you know, and, and I guess this also okay. is a good place to bring up, like, what, what is the end goal for you? You know, like, why did you start the business in the per- first place? And like, what, do you want to sell it eventually? Do you want to retire with it and maybe pass it along to your children? Like, do you, you know, you, you know, I don't know, like everybody has a dream and, and the business was a means to an end, right? You didn't just go into business just to be working 80 hours a week or, you know, how many hours a week you're right. working, right? It's like, you know, you want to do something with it. And so, and, and, and we talked about this before, right? Where we say, you know, like, look at where you want to be and then reverse engineer, you know, or, you know, think backwards, right? How do you get there? And if you want to sell a business, you need to have these things. Like, it's just going to provide a lot more value and you're going to be able to sell it at, you know, higher dollar value. But then too, like, if you really want to have a business that you can pass on to your children, you want to build a legacy, then... 10 years from now when your children or 20 years from now when your children can actually take over this business, you need a, the only way it's going to survive that long is if you have these systems, you know? <laughs> yes. Make sure that, um, I, you know, I had a, a really wise person tell me at one point that um, I needed to decentralize the power. I needed to make sure that if something happened to one person that the business would survive. And that's the like the best and most simple and also most complicated, complex piece of advice ever, like to do that. And I've done it, uh, but it yeah. took time. And so when you say these things are simple, they are very simple. And every big business has these, these three steps that you're talking about. Um, but once you start covering them, you realize how deep you can go to make them better and better. And that's really, you know, your job as the business owner, whether you want this, everybody wants their business to stick around. I think knowing your goal is very important. Like, where do you want to be? But make sure that you have these three things in check because your competitors will. Um, Everybody's catching up. So, so I want to invite you guys to all of our audience here listening today. Um, you know, we're coming up towards the end of the year, you know, we're hitting November, hitting December. It's usually a slow time during the year, but then, and then, you know, January, sometimes depending on the area of the country you're in, you know, it could be a, uh, a not so great month. Other times it could be uh, an, an okay month, right? But then February really comes in and that's when you, when you start seeing like revenue kind of kick in a little bit more. So I want to invite you guys to spend a little bit of time right now and just really think like, what do you, what are your goals for 2019? Like, what do you want to accomplish? And you know, what, what type of methods can you implement today to really help you get there? And so I want to invite you guys to consider, and I'm, I'm going to do a soft pitch here. We don't do a lot of pitching on this podcast. We don't like to do it. Uh, you know, if you ever want to find out more about us, you can, you know, go to our websites and check us out, et cetera. But I want to do a soft picture because I, you know, obviously 
we believe, you know, both Cassie and I, we strongly believe in what we do. And our, and our goal is really to help as many people build a business as, you know, a, a, a business that they're proud of, right? And that is what we're really passionate about. And that's why we do the podcast. That's why we put all this stuff out there. And so during the summer year, it's a great time of the year to really start thinking about what, you know, what can, what do I want to accomplish in 2019? And what type of systems and processes can I implement to help me get there? And so I want to invite you guys, if you're struggling, like if you already have a marketing system that does well, does nurture your market, does bring in leads, but the conversions are not there. That is the biggest problem that one of the, one of the biggest problems that I see. It's, it's either like marketing and sales, right? So marketing, like, you know, is one thing sales is, is, but then like you need to have both of them doing well to really be profitable. And so guys, if your conversions are not there, just be honest with yourself and really consider talking to Cassie. Cassie, I'm going to talk on your behalf, like talk to Cassie, reach out to her because she has these proven methods, protocols, systems to really help people take their practice to the next level. Because here, here's the thing, guys, like, and I tell my clients all the time, like I would rather spend less money and make more, you know, to make more money, right? Because once you would define that marketing advertising model that we talked about, well, what would I rather do? If I, if every time I spend $500, I'm making five grand on top of that, but I want to improve my, my conversion rates, or if I want to take my bit, I want to make more money. Okay. I can either spend more money in the front end to obviously, you know, make 20,000, 50,000, $80,000 or more, right. You know, per month, or would I rather improve my conversions? If I'm only closing at a 10% right now or a 20%, then what can I, like, I would rather improve my conversions than put more money at the very top, right? And so we, you guys, you know, look at where your conversions at, are at now and, and really evaluate because the, the fastest way for you to get from A to B or A to Z, whatever, you know, is to really have a coach and somebody that can train you and help you get there faster because all you're doing is trading time. Like, you know, we, we have the knowledge, Cassie has the knowledge, she's been there, she's done it numerous times with, the, you know, numerous number of clients. And, um, you know, obviously, like, she has the experience. So, like, if you want to get there in three months, she can help you get there in three months. If you want to get there by yourself in two years, by all means, right? But, you know, like, you know, yep. be our but, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's just like, you know, there's a lot of like, like uh, phone scripts, like people can come up with this stuff. Um, yeah. I worked all night, like I, I have five kids and my family um, in the first six months of my med spa, because I was shifting my proven processes, I was just shifting them and making yeah. them fit this model. So they were already, you know, done. And it still took me, you know, all day, every day into like late nights, um, seven days a week for six months. Um, yeah to shift it. So, so creating it from nothing is, you know, why would you, I, I certainly wouldn't have, if I had somebody that I could just purchase that stuff from, that would have been great. Um, yeah. I see that, you know, I, I mentioned, um, last week that when I went to CSU masters that, you know, 20% of that room had done my, my course, like gone through and learned sales processes. Those people, um, save one of them, one account, but those other people had only gone through one time. Like they've, they've learned it for one time. Um, and I think that that speaks volumes because they've made it to, you know, the diamond level with cool sculpting, all of that. But my staff goes through it every week. Like they go through yeah, that yeah. same training every week. And I don't think that there will ever be enough. Um, I don't think that we'll ever stop. I told them, you know, if, if anybody masters this, then let me know if anybody is like the, you know, no, no failures, no flaws kind of person, please let me know because I still walk out of every 
podcast that I do with self-assessment with, you know, yeah. what can I do better next time? Um, yeah. And so th I think that that's the, the conversation, like continuing with what can I do better? What can I do better is where you definitely want your staff. I think all business owners kind of sit there. Yeah. And, and just to throw a snippet on here, like if, if our audience is kind of thinking, well, that's just for cool scoping. I want to say that Cassie's system right. and processes are not just about cool scoping. No. They're about, a, you know, a, it's more about a methodology that is uh, patient driven, right? Uh, my injectables, my injectables processes are returning, you know, the best of anything that's ever been done right now. We were just talking yeah, about that yeah. before we went live. We and that's, and that's $135 to acquire clients that were worth over $3,000 last week for injectables. Yeah. So. That is amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so that's the thing, guys, like, you know, have a coach, like all the, like, and, you know, people say this all the time, right? And you might've heard it, maybe not, but it's like the best athletes, they're, they're where they're at because they have coaches. So don't, don't put it aside as something like you don't need because everybody needs it. Everybody needs a coach. And then uh, also myself here a little bit, if you don't already have that system, if you, that will generate, you know, build, build your audience up, build authority in the marketplace and then generating leads and all that, plus the CRM, cause that's something we'll help you with as well. Talk to me, reach out to, to one of my guys or, or just reach out to me personally and I'll personally get you guys set up. So I'm gonna jump in and do your snippet. Um, uh, thanks. Uh, just because I want, I, I want everybody to know this. Um, I have worked with, I've worked with tens, maybe dozens, you know, of marketing agencies over the years. While in the med spa, I, um, I found a good fit that worked for about a year. But then when that stopped working, I started shopping med spa marketing agencies, people who were, you know, specifically working on med spas. And I worked with about seven. I worked with Luis for about half the time that I worked with some of the others. And what I found with Luis is that this is something that, that just doesn't stop. It's not a campaign that just gets written and then thrown in with your logo on it. And that's what I was finding with everywhere else. It was like, okay, we have a cool sculpting campaign. Okay, we have a Botox campaign. And they were, you know, just sticking the logo on it. This, like I hit on before, the, um, what we can do with electronic marketing is just it's in its infancy. And so you need somebody who's constantly dissecting themselves and looking for that better, better way. What, what can we do better? What can we do better? And that's what I found with Louise. And that's why, you know, um, I, I don't work with anybody else. And I really thought that I would always work with two companies um, past the point yeah, of yeah. about March of this year. Um, but no, I let, I let everybody else go because Louise, it, and it doesn't matter, Louise, whatever I want to work on, you know, I'm, we did display ads, you know, uh, if I come up with yeah. something then he's like, sure, we'll try that. And we watch the numbers and, and, uh, work on it together. So you guys are yeah, in good yeah. hands we, if you reach out. Just we just finished uh, Cassie's website too. And, and now we're getting a lot of uh, in inquiries from phone calls and people sending us messages on the website too. So that was, that's pretty fun to see. Yeah, that's new. That was like five a day suddenly of uh, new types of leads coming from website that he, that he connected to Facebook messenger. So that's really neat because it didn't, it didn't make a new outlet. It didn't make somewhere else that we had to go to look for not a new pipeline necessarily. It just kind of, and it's not spending more money either. You know, like it, that's like, I guess one of the biggest things, like you're not spending more money. You're just really capitalizing on, on the current assets that you have and leveraging them better to see a better conversion, which is what we're always looking at. Yep. Uh, so thank you so much, Cash. I appreciate that. Um, again, guys, so 
if you, you know, like, I mean, we, we talked about this system and then again, we're at the time of year where, you know, a lot of people start looking at, okay, what, you know, end of the year, what am I going to do for 2019? How am I going to set myself apart? So really consider this. Uh, and, yeah, and don't wait guys. I'm going to jump in here because I watched, I, I saw about eight accounts sign up the last week of December last year. Don't mm-hmm. wait till that because you can't train, you can't learn new things when volume's coming in the door and you know by the end of January that you're going to be seeing more natural volume. So you really want your staff trained by that point. You want your campaign running. You want to know where the kinks are. So, you know, I I would say reach out now because you do have a few, you know, four good weeks, work weeks left of this year where you can really capitalize on um, the consultations and the phone calls that are going on already, learning how to, how to systemize that, um, learning the CRM tool. Don't throw that in on, on January 1st. Um, you need, <laughs> Your you know, staff's going to be training on that, by the uh, way. Uh, right. Luis has Evergenius. And so if you're like Evergenius or there's a lot of them out there that you can use, but don't sign up for January 1st because you're just going to make your, your staff really upset. And, and there's all kinds of, you know, just little things that you'll run into that need to be fixed. So now's the time, guys. Start moving. Don't wait. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for bearing with us on this episode. But I think I think it was a good one. Uh, I yeah. think people always like to hear like what's what's new and what's you know what can, what works in the marketplace. Um, so. Uh, again, if you want to listen to this, uh, go to iTunes, go to Spotify. We have this on our, also our, our private Facebook group. So if you want to join that, then, uh, just go, just go ahead and Google, uh, Metsball Accelerator podcast on, not actually don't Google that type it in on Facebook, Metsball Accelerator podcast, and you'll find the group and then just request access. And we have an online community there of other Metsball owners, just like you kind of going through this process, all helping each other out. Um, so we have a community there and then you can also go to our website, metsballaccelerator.pro and subscribe. And that way you can actually get each episode on your email and subscribe on the iTunes and Spotify as well. And leave us a review guys. Um, well, all right. Well, thank you everyone. Cass, I don't know if you have any final last words. Nope. That's it. Get moving. 2019 is quickly approaching and we yeah. want to be ready. Let's get to work, guys. Let's let's do it. Let's do a great job. Let's crush it. And uh, again, if you need anything from us, then reach reach out to us. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.